Before we uh, hear the scripture today, I want to—I just want to remind you about what what we've been doing, what we've been reading. We've been reading um, a letter to the the church at Ephesus. So it's um, what we what we call Ephesians, but it's a letter to the church at Ephesus. And so it's a group of Jews and Gentiles who've come together. They live, um, and, and again, those of you who've been here, you've heard this over and over. But they live in, the, in a, it's a port city. Um, it's very cosmopolitan. People from all over, from all over the world, um, are, live in this city and come and trade in this city. And so, I'm sure there are, there are lots of different religious practices uh, that happen in the city. Not not just not just Jewish religious practices primarily. Or and and again. Um, Christians, uh, it's still not a legal uh, religion, and so they're probably sort of hiding away doing things. Depending on uh, depending on what year this is, they may or may not be practicing a lot of still a lot of the Jewish rituals and that sort of thing. But it is a it's a mixed community, so you're trying to take these disparate groups of people um, and and bring them together. And so I can imagine that. Um, I can imagine that they they are you know trying to go okay well you know uh, when I when I was a pagan and I and I worshipped this other god we did this and it was really meaningful to me so is that permissible here and the Jews are saying well this is how we did it there is that is that permissible how do we how do we bring all of that together so Paul we believe it's Paul's writing this letter to the Ephesians and he's trying to he's trying to help them. Um, you know, come together to, to, to form into to form into a group of people who who haven't necessarily always um, always been together, always always gotten along. They come from different religious traditions, and so we've been walking through um, the letter to the Ephesians, and and we're right not at the very very end, but but pretty close to the end of it. We're at Ephesians six, uh, verses ten to twenty. So you can tell that we're at the end, because he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God, so that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, having done everything to stand firm. Stand, therefore, and fasten the belt of truth around your waist. Put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, 
so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. And that's, that's our reading for today. So I don't know, it's interesting, I, na- I named this... Um, I named this move in love, but then uh, as, as I started studying it, did anybody notice it doesn't talk about moving at all? It doesn't talk about moving at all, does it? Do you have that, do you have that picture of, that I asked you to grab? Anybody know what that is? What is it? Right, and, and what's, 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 what's he doing? He's standing. I mean, he, he got all dressed up to stand there. Now, everybody gets all excited when they move and change, change the guards, but, but most of the time, that's what, that's what they're doing. They're just standing. They're occupying a position, standing, watching over. I mean, it looks like not much, right? It looks like he's not doing anything. Because we think, we think that movement equates... To doing something. But it takes a lot to stand somewhere. To take up a position and claim it for your own. It takes a lot to stand and to just be there and trust that you need to be there. So I just want to walk through this scripture with that in mind. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Um, the, the word there is, it can actually be translated, be empowered in the Lord. Be empowered in the Lord. Um, the, it, 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 the Greek word is one where we also can get the word endure. So endure in the Lord and in the strength of God's power. Put on the whole armor of God, and if you, if, you know, uh, this, this may not resonate with us today. We don't, I mean... Uh, in our in our world, in this country, we just don't see, for the most part, you know, armor guards walking around uh, with their armor on. But like she's got up there, um, they might not have been in full dress all the time. The people of this time would have known what it was to see soldiers walking around with full armor on a regular basis, demonstrating their strength. You know the the units and the garrisons would have walked, would have moved in formation when they changed the guard. And they would have made lots of noise to let you know that they were there. So when he starts to talk about the armor, these people know, and they, and they, and they probably um, equate it to, to a battle, you know, to sort of an intimidation, to something like that. And so he says, put on the whole armor of God. So I think it's really interesting that, that he uses this imagery and doesn't really say anything about it right away, so that you may be able to stand, to stand against the wiles of the devil. I, that's a great word, isn't it? The wiles of the devil. In the Greek, it's methodia. Methodia. We get to make fun of the Methodists because they're wily, Right? Wait till I go up to Randolph-Macon, where my son goes to school. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to see the chaplain up there. Anyway, uh, methodia, which is also can mean craftiness. 
crafty. It's a, it's, what a great word, right? The wiles of the devil. Now, again, we aren't, we aren't used to, we aren't used to, or most of us don't um, personify uh, evil or, or the devil very often. We, we sort of are like, oh, well, that, that feels weird. Like, is it, the devil's not a person, you know, all this sort of thing. But then many of us, when we think of God, we think of an old white dude with a long beard, Gandalf sitting on a throne, right? I mean, it's, it's funny how, well, we don't want to personify the devil, but we'll personify, we'll put a body on God that isn't Jesus, you know? It's really, really fascinating. But for them, in their, in their worldview, in, in, the, in, in the worldview of biblical times, I mean, the, the world was filled with spirits and with gods and with, and with wily gods who wanted to trick you, who wanted to, who wanted to trip you up, with, with gods who did all sorts of silly and stupid things, just like humans. And so for them... For them, then, when he goes into this next sentence, um, it would have been very real for them that to, to, to understand or to believe that they were at war or, or they were seeking to defend against a power that they couldn't see, that they couldn't touch or taste. And so to put on the whole armor of God, well, let me go on. For our struggle is not against eminent enemies of flesh, of blood and flesh. This is really interesting, and I... I haven't quite figured it out, but for our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So, so he's really drawing this metaphor of armor into a spiritual sort of thing to protect yourself against something that you can't, that you really can't see, to defend yourself against something, to, to put this on, to take, to take what God is giving and to, and to put it on. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand or stand with on that evil day. And having done everything to stand firm, and having done everything, to stand firm. And here we go again. Stand, therefore. Take up a position. Align yourself in a certain way. That's what I take this to mean. God has aligned God's self with you. That's the message of Ephesians, is God has given you this new life. So put on that new life which gives you this protection, which gives you this, this way of moving in the world, but then occupy that new life, stand firm in it, and live it. Put the belt of truth around your waist. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. And so at that point, you could say, oh, okay, we're, we're, if you were just reading this, even though he says stand firm and all that, you go, oh, we're going to move now. We're, gonna, we're getting ready to go to war. And then he says, as shoes for your feet, put on whatever, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. So I'm putting on armor to proclaim a gospel of peace. That's interesting. 
Because over time, of course, this passage has been used like for the Crusades, right? Put on the whole armor of God. Let's go, let's go crush them. Let's go kill the Turks. Let's go kill the Muslims. Let's go kill the whatever, right? But put on shoes, put on whatever so that you can proclaim a gospel of peace. And peace, he doesn't just mean like not war, like or or just or just avoid. I avoid everything, so everything, so that nothing will ever happen. I don't make any ripples, so that everybody will be peaceful. But a gospel of peace, meaning a gospel that draws everybody together to occupy a position that is loving and graceful and filled with salvation and a message for all the people. With all of these, take up the shield of faith, which you'll be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. I mean, I just, this imagery is just amazing. Like that you, that There's a spiritual thing going on around us. Things are coming at us, and we, we don't even know that they're coming, but we need the shield in order to protect ourselves from flaming arrows. They would have known what that was. We only know it from the movies. Probably. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't know. I was a kid once, we had bows and arrows, I don't think, we didn't light them on fire, we did about everything else with them, but we didn't, we didn't do that. But I want you to think just for a minute, we, we talk like that, like we, we often are like, well, you know, spirits and, and all that, and heavenly forces, and we, we sort of poo-poo all that sort of stuff. But have you ever had something come your way that you're like, where in the world did that come from? Why, why am I being assaulted with this? And I'll be really honest with you, uh, a lot of that is, it, come, it sort of, it feels like it comes right here. Right? Some of the most powerful forces that you're going to struggle with are right, in, maybe not in your brain, but in your mind. The things that assail me the most, the things that I worry about the most, they come from right inside of me, or at least that's what it feels like. So for, you know, because I don't, I, I don't necessarily have this, that there's all these spirits out there who are waging a war like they did. I mean, there's some people who, who operate that way in their daily life, spiritual warfare and, and that sort of thing. You know, I'm taking up my armor to protect myself and all that. They, they really feel like that. To me, that's not helpful, personally. I don't want to poo-poo anybody or, or, or you know, say that, it's, it's, that it might not be helpful for you to think of things like that. If that helps you in your faith, it helps you take a stand for people, then maybe that's helpful. With all of these, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one, all those things that, that come at you. And for me right now, faith really means a trust that God is sovereign. That's a big word. That God is at work in the world. And that despite what I can see, God is at work. And that things are going to work out in the way that God desires them to work out. 
and that God calls us to stand in the position that we think God wants us to stand in. To live for the kingdom that we believe God wants to bring into the world. To stand with those people that other people won't stand with. To stand with the people that Jesus would have stood with today. Right? The sinners and the outcasts. Those people who aren't welcome in most places. To stand with them. To occupy a position. Because standing is being engaged like that palace guard. It takes a lot to occupy that position, to choose where you're going to stand because God has called you to stand there. And then it says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. This is the only offensive weapon, the sword. It can be used for defense, too. And the sword is the word of God. And uh, be, let's just be real honest, sometimes the word of God, if, 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 if we think about it as from the scripture, but also as God teaches, it can be a little offensive. Uh, I've had I've, people come into my office and they're like, well, I started reading the Bible. I don't like it. I'm like, why? Because it tells me I'm not doing stuff right. Guess what? It can do that to you. You know, I, I always tell you, like, I mean, take the Bible in hand with fear and trembling. You know, I'll be really honest, I, 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 and I've, I've told this a lot of times before, I don't necessarily find a lot of comfort when I read Scripture. I find a lot of challenge. I don't, I don't think it's offensive necessarily, but I, I find challenge because as I, as I read things and I, as I see what God is calling us to do, calling me to do, I begin to see that gap of where I'm not living into it. And then I remember that when I was baptized, I was a child. And that baptism signified then, just as it signifies now, that God's grace is sufficient for all things. And it is when I trust in that grace and I begin to move and I begin to stand where God wants me to stand and live how God wants me to live, that it's God's grace that's moving in me and that I don't have to prove something to God in in order for God to keep me in that grace. But God is, is continually through that grace calling me, calling us to stand for the sinners, for the outcasts, to stand up for the things that we know are not right in this world. Because while Paul says our, our struggle is not with flesh and blood, our struggle is with evil. Because there's lots of things that we can name as evil in this world. We've got a drug epidemic an addiction epidemic that's been going on for a long time. It's just exacerbated now because of prescription drugs that then leads off into heroin use and fentanyl and all this fun stuff. People dying, people relapsing, families having to spend all their money on this. I mean, we can call that evil. 
We have, we have children growing up without fathers in their home. We have single mothers who are, who are working four and five jobs, just struggling to make it so that they can raise their children, give them an education, do all the things that we're doing. We can call some of that evil, I think. Because what are we, where are we supposed to stand? We're supposed to stand with those people. Those are just two little things, right? They're huge. And they're happening right here in our neighborhoods. And we're called to stand. And each one of us is called differently. Your gifts and skills and experiences may lead you to go volunteer somewhere and and, and do something, you know, to help somebody else. Because that's the best thing you can do is especially if you've had an experience where you've come through something, if you can go help somebody who's going through that same thing, that's powerful. That's powerful. But you don't have to have experience. You don't have to have been knocked down over and over and over again and gotten up in order to, to help somebody. You just go stand with them. Live with them. See what their life is. Trust that God is moving and working through that. It's hard It is hard to stand. And when you do it, you'll find out. And maybe you already have. But that is our call. And so we need strength for that standing. And so he finishes this up with this. Pray in the Spirit at all times. Pray in the Spirit at all times. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. What's interesting is that this time, you know, there was no Catholic Church. There were no saints, as we know them, right? So who's he talking about? He's talking about all the other people who are believers. All those people who've gone before as well. He's talking about praying for everybody. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me. So then, he, so then he, he asked for prayer. He asked for prayer. So that when I speak, a message may be given to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. And that's what I love about Paul is even though he writes and writes and writes about explicating the gospel and what it is and how to do it and, and how to understand it and all this sort of thing, he comes down and he says it's a mystery. Almost saying... You're going to always have to stand to try to figure it out. It's going to grow on you. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. So what I want to say is, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, God has already given you everything you need. God has has given you this new life in Christ through the waters of baptism. And if you haven't been baptized, it's time. It's time to make that declaration of faith. It's time to become a believer. It's time to show that in the community of faith that, that you are standing for the kingdom. But know that God has given you everything that you need. God is standing with you in Jesus. And he stood with you so powerfully 
that his son died on the cross just to show you that he was standing with you. To suffer the way we suffered. To die the way we will die. But to take away the sting of that death by being raised again. God has given you all you need. God is standing with you. Now where will you stand? Amen.